Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hello there, young child. I'm here to inquire about your spoons. Hello. Happy Halloween, everybody. Such is my love for this cheesy and commercial holiday that I've worked around the clock to bring you an extra episode. And it being Halloween, I'm absolutely delighted to be able to bring you the iconic British horror animator, David Firth. Known universally for his Salad Fingers series, you've seen it, the the big green monster with the long green fingers. Uh, Very creepy. David has been putting up short films on his website, fat pie.com that's fat pie fat pie.com with a dash in between for decades and he's worked with the BBC and the likes of David Mitchell among many other prominent figures I think Lynchian in that David Lynch manner is the most apt word to describe his subtle blends of the creepy eerie nightmarish qualities of his cartoons with a very dark sense of humor if you get a second before listening Head to David Firth on YouTube, check out his videos, find him on Twitter. He's got all sorts of merchandise and stuff as well. So get yourself a Salad Fingers toy for Halloween. Your kids will love it, but don't show them the actual cartoon because it's horrifying. Um, Before I forget, this background music is by the late Clara Rockmore on the theremin instrument. And it ran through David's Spoilsbury Toast Boy cartoon, which is creepy as hell. Uh, as you can probably hear just from the music. I'll go on to play several clips that all belong to David, uh, and the full versions can be found on fat-pi.com. In case you're struggling with the dialogue from the clip I show later of uh, said Spoilsby Toast Boy, it's the protagonist's grandmother telling him, you're such a good boy, come here, grandma wants to give you a big kiss, really sloppy. So that's the kind of thing you're going to be listening to in david's film words pop up on the screen to help uh you understand when when people are really quite gruesome and, and hard to understand but it's yeah it's totally bonkers and creepy and weird as hell and darkly funny uh thanks david for allowing me to play these clips and i hope it gives newcomers to his work a sense of what kind of films he's putting out there i'll put links to the full episodes of each of the clips i show in my blog on andrewgoldpodcast.com also check out his ambient music on locust toy box toy box is one word on spotify i'll be using one of his clips for the outro ambient lovely ambient music by the way this is an audio podcast as many of you already know but The reason I laugh so much near the start when David changes his background is because it features Will Smith in a role where his character is looking glum in hospital. And I just found the randomness of the whole thing really quite funny. I didn't expect it at all. So do check out the trailers to see what I mean. It's just just funny with David's head in front of Will Smith in a hospital gown for for no apparent reason. Uh, We expect his latest film, Sock 6, to come out around the same time as this podcast 
for Halloween. Uh, I've not yet seen it, so I'm as excited as you all should be. Again, check fat-pie.com and check David Firth on Twitter to find it, you know, either today or yesterday or tomorrow or whatever. And consider giving a bit on his Patreon if you enjoy it. You know, if you don't enjoy it, don't give him anything. But if you do enjoy it, do, because he's giving us some stellar work for free. Uh, But now it's the podcast. We talk about a lot of stuff, including where David gets his ideas, his dreams, his nightmares, and his creative process as well as things like cancel culture and Pete Townsend. I'm guessing you can hear me. I can hear you. Are you not a video? But you don't have to do the video if you don't want to do... You're not a video person. I mean, you literally are a video person, but do you know what I mean? Oh, I can do video if you want. Let's have a look. There I am. There right. I am. With Mike Tyson. And is that Evander Holyfield or something? Me and my friend used to do a podcast. and um, Well, we still do kind of, but yeah. we would always put stupid backgrounds when we were talking to each other. Like, who who could make the stupider backgrounds? I've gone with Luckily, it's not, it's not as bad as it could have been, I guess. No, no, there was like porn and all sorts on there. Or there'd be like, uh, another one was a breakfast. Um, nice. Uh, some um oh yeah look at that and a bit pornish and then okay. there was a hospital a will smith in hospital i always like that one because <laughs> <laughs> it's just like oh it's because it's dark in here it doesn't really um my yeah my laptop doesn't do that oh yeah there seems there was a penis when you got up as well there was like a bit of a penis there oh where uh it's gone now was it in the background? It must be in the back. Yeah. Is oh, that, is that there, it's a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> it's a guitar. I thought you were having me on. No, just a big dildo in the background. <laughs> Not in here. <laughs> Man, it's actually a shame it's an audio podcast. I do a couple of trailers that are video on Twitter and all that, but it's... Uh, oh, right. Okay. So, so like, um, yeah, because I didn't want, like, Will Smith to get annoyed. Because, you know, oh. he's not agreed to be on this, has he? So. Uh, well, I could ask him and see if he wants to come on the next one. And he'll probably, he's probably got a background of you. Yeah, probably me in a hospital bed. Have you had famous people sort of getting in touch? I don't know, really. Like, I guess, but it depends. They're not really famous to me. Like, they're famous. I prefer it when someone who I admire gets in touch. So that's what makes me excited. And yeah, so it's not really exciting to brag about the fact that you know, Chris Cunningham or something yeah. uh, uh, spoke to me because no one really, no one really cares if they're not into that sort of thing. So it's yeah. not like, I don't know, I can't think of any like big name celebrities. That mm, David Beckham. Uh, Courtney Love used to follow me on Twitter. Really? Well, that's cool, isn't it? Because she's got a whole sort of aura behind her. Yeah, but then she just suddenly stopped. So I, I guess maybe she was like one of those people who follows just to see if you'll follow them back. Oh, you didn't follow her back? No, no I'm not following Courtney Love. <laughs> you don't not follow Courtney Love back? No, but, you know, that's it. She's uh, yeah. If she's going to have such an ego that she can't follow someone who's not going to follow her back, then... Well, I, I'm not... It's not like I'm interested in finding out all the Courtney Love updates. I yeah. like um, staying up to date with Courtney Love. What's she she's up to? Courtney Love, I'm not mistaken. She's the one who was dating... Um, Kurt Cobain when he died. Yeah, well, maybe she was married to him. I think she was married to him because she owns a bunch of Nirvana rights and she's kind of dicked over you know, Dave Grohl and people like that oh, right, for um, yeah. certain rights. And it's just like, they played the music. She was just married to the guy. I think God. they were married. So yeah, there's a lot of kind of animosity towards her because of that. But There were rumours as well. Yeah, that she killed him. 
<laughs> I don't think she killed him. So you could have been next. Yeah, I was thinking that. Maybe um, she'd yeah. be going for a younger guy this time. Yeah. Um, I could uh, you know, grow my hair down here, <laughs> uh, start shooting heroin. Well, you know what? If she's obviously into quite alternative guys, and if Kurt Cobain was quite alternative for his, his time, I suppose you're the Kurt Cobain of today. <laughs> no one's ever said that. Well, people are going to start. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, I got to get more um, famous first. It's funny, isn't it? Because I, I, you know, so this podcast, I can't, I, you can't get like the most famous people on, like the most famous people, right? But you don't want them anyway because they've already been on about fifty thousand, you know, podcasts anyway. And what's interesting? What am I going to ask Robbie Williams? Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I try to get people on who are, you know, I had a paedophile on the other week. Uh, a teenager paedophile yeah that's why I've got you on now no but I, I always tell people that I don't tell them on, I don't tell them when I ask them to come on but I tell them once they're on we had a psychopath but then also some sort of really cool thought people thought leaders you know uh, yeah And but but the thing with with your stuff is I started thinking oh are people going to know what his, what his thing is because that's what we're going to talk about and then I thought Everyone knows Salad Fingers, don't they? Is Salad Fingers like your creep of Radiohead? Is it the one that, does it drive you mad that that's the one everyone goes for? Or, or do you like it? Well, I've made 10 episodes. I'm still making them. So, no, sorry, I've made 11 actually. Still yeah. making them. So it's not like I'm trying to escape from it or anything. Yeah. Um, every, one thing has got to be the most popular. And if that's yeah. the thing that hooks people in to get to the weirder stuff, then so be it but um i don't yeah the first episode of the salad fingers is kind of my creep though because i i, I am honestly at this point can't see why people yeah. respond to that one <laughs> i had no idea what remind it's me just, what happens in the first one nothing nothing happens he goes to a kid's door he, 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 he rings the doorbell the kid comes to the door none of it's like got any animation in at all because i couldn't really animate back then so it's just like one thing moving across the screen and then like the kid doesn't even walk. He just sort of appears. Yeah. And then uh, Sad Fingers says he'd like to inquire about the spoons. Then he comes in and he strokes a kettle and that's it. You know, it's, nothing happens. I like rusty spoons. <laughs> I like to touch them. <laughs> the feeling of rust against my salad fingers is almost orgasmic. <laughs> I was watching that when I was, I must have been 18. I think I'm about five years younger than you. So, and I was at Leeds Uni. I think you're in Doncaster, aren't you? Is that right? I'm in Leeds. Oh, are you? Yeah, but I was in Hull when I made, no, actually I was in Doncaster at home for the summer from university when I made that. But um, I was in Hull around that time in my life in university. I can't tell you how popular you were with like me and everyone in my sort of dorms at uni when I was eight years, you know, 13 years ago, I guess we were, we just loved it. And it wasn't, yeah, you're right. Salad fingers is the entry, the entry way, the gateway to, I loved the sock stuff. I loved, uh, I, I think I said in my email, this got this, we just played that. There's a dog in my guitar, that thing that over. Oh and yeah. Over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah it's weird like I, I was out of university by that point i mean sorry i was out of dorms we, yeah. i was in the halls the year before so we'd been like the stuff that kind of went around our halls was uh badger badger that one yeah. um and other stuff by weevil and um i don't know it wasn't it was pre-youtube so things yeah. get sort of passed around in a different way back then like cds full of uh videos and things and so a lot of the um 
yeah, I can't really think about like what were the big viral videos back then, apart from the Badger one. I just remember like it being like three in the morning and uh, one of my housemates just like sleep deprived, just kind of just looking at the computer, just saying, just unable to comprehend what it was. And I just thought, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. You could just make a, make a weird little video and um, for some reason it captures people's attention even though it doesn't do anything. There's nothing yeah. happens in that one either. It's a badger that's bouncing, badger, 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 mushroom. Because <laughs> I, I, I didn't know how to make music back then, so. Yeah, you, make one your of music's some of the best stuff, man. I love that stuff. What about, like, uh, I guess, was Jerry Jackson one of the early ones? That was, like, early-ish, but it wasn't, like, before Salad Fingers. Nothing, nothing that anyone knows was before Salad Fingers. Okay. Like, there's always... There's always a bunch of people that would be like, oh, I've been following you since 2002. And I'm just like, no, oh, yeah. <laughs> I used to make cartoons back then, but nobody watched them. Like the, okay. Nobody. Like the hit counter was like 14 or something. Would you ever and re-release to... them? <laughs> oh, a bunch of them were on, um, on, you, on, uh, on YouTube. But, um, you know, yeah. certain things don't go down as well these days. Also, the humor's changed. Like it was more teenage humor yeah. the sort of sort of thing i would have found funny in school yeah um, what what is a salad finger what is salad fingers and for, for some people listening mm-hmm. won't have seen it they should I'll, I'll put an intro saying look go and go and watch a few before you <laughs> yeah what, yeah what is he? It's, it's a green man really i mean he could be kind of reptilian i don't know i didn't really decide i mean i just drew, drew a green guy like, I don't know why everyone thinks I had this whole backstory mapped out. Like, you know, you draw a, draw a stick man on a page, you, you, don't, yeah. <laughs> you don't know his ancestry and stuff. It's just, uh, he's a green guy and he likes touching things. I don't like to over, you know, describe his background. I think it ruins it, really. It's, 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 it's got to stay fresh for me as well. So yeah. he's a green guy and, um, and who knows how he got green. He's just green, you know. It's the other kid... <laughs> The other people in the world are kind of yellow or, or like just a bunch of bones or, yeah. uh, you know, there's not much life there. And then there's like a human, a couple of human children that seem seem to walk by. I, who knows where they came from? Why they're walking through the field? I don't know. I, I just don't think about these things. Yeah. But you must, when you're sitting down, you process, you must have some sort of like, so are you thinking, okay, he's sort of lonely. There's some sort of seclusion, isolation. Or is it just whatever pops into your head? Well, I basically I think of us. I, I, I have a whole book full of uh, ideas. Um, I wonder if it's to hand. Uh, it is. It's there, but it's it's just book book full of words. It's not going to make. It's not going to look that cool on video. <laughs> um, <laughs> a whole book full of ideas, and I just I've got loads of premises in there. They come into my head, and then when when I read the premise, like you know, Salad Fingers. Let's say Salad Fingers finds a toilet in the middle of the field. That was one actually. Um, yeah. Then I just then I just shut my eyes and play play the episode, see what happens. <laughs> it's just like it's just like play, and then see where, where it goes. And then it, it can kind of sort of branch off into different paths. And I just think, well, I'll try and write some of this down, and then then I'll just leave it. It never all comes at once. I just leave it for a while, and then try and play it again in my head when the time's mm. right. It doesn't always work. Like I probably couldn't do one right now, but. Certain times, best of late at night, I guess. Um, yeah. Just play it back. It, it, most of the time, I'm playing the uh, just imagining it 
in my head is what does it look like? If I, sometimes I think um, when I haven't even got an idea for a cartoon, I just think, well, you know, what what would my next cartoon look like? What you know, I just then I just imagine me press and play. <laughs> yeah, and what you sit down, it just it just comes out. Well, bits of it do, and not all yeah. at once. I'd say at most I'll probably get a few lines of dialogue or a concept or a, a, the, just the way a scene looks and then, um, you know, let that sit. I've uh, Once or twice in the right mind state when, you know, the floodgates are open, I guess, in my brain, mm. um, uh, I've, I've thought of an entire episode of something in one go. Um, but it's not so much the difficulty in thinking of it, it's the difficulty in describing what I'm thinking because, you know, it's you've got to write the words and I've got to, explain why that works to myself because if i read that back at a future date it might make no sense at all so so is there then sort of a hidden symbolism behind a lot of your work and like a lot of stuff going on should we be looking at it that way or should we just be just enjoying what's happening viscerally you could do i mean i, I it doesn't mean i know what the symbolism is <laughs> like if i who knows i an artist could paint like a picture of like a a lady in the woods every day for his uh, no idea why it might be something to do with you know something that's happened in his childhood i don't know it's it's there could be i mean nothing's made without any reason um so there's got to be a reason even if i'm trying my hardest to make something meaningless then you could still analyze why i would think that would be meaningless yeah what, um, what what was so, going on? So Salisbury Toast was it Salisbury Toast Boy? Spoilsbury Toast Boy. Spoilsbury. Um, yeah. <laughs> what what's going on with those beetles then? Because they haunted my dreams for years. I don't like beetles. Um, they, they, I don't like them. Uh, I don't remember if it was the exact thing that inspired me, but I do remember that I had. I used to sleep in, in my parents' house. I was in the loft, converted loft, and it had a beam. Mm. And the, the, the sort of the roof was. Oh look, my hand disappeared then. Yeah, that, yeah. So the, 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 all the walls were like that, really. Right. And there was a beam there. Yeah, it's really hard to describe. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Technically, Audi- there's a beam. <laughs> yeah, um, there was a there was a beam. There's a part where the, the wooden beam met the diagonal wall. Yeah, the gabled roof. Yeah. I like that word, but I don't yeah. know if it if it's the right word. Yeah. Um, I write about um, houses and stuff sometimes for extra work and stuff. So it's, uh, all right, okay. Well, it could be then. It's, it's better than I know. I don't know anything about houses. Gabled, um, <laughs> gabled roof. Let's just yeah. say it is. But it was also had wallpaper on it, so that's important for the texture oh. because the beetle was walking along the beam, yeah. and I didn't see the beetle. I just heard this scraping noise. I could just Ugh. hear this. <laughs> and I was like, what is that? And it was a beetle's back scraping against the um, slanted diagonal uh, wall. And I think that might have been the reason I wrote Spodsbury Toast Boy with beetles. Well, hello there, little toaster child. I understand you've been experiencing some hallucinations, sir. Some rather nasty beetles, yes. That'll be your brain pocket, sir. Playing tricks on one. 
But we can fix that. Oh, we can fix that, yes. We have a brain-fixing machine, sir. Would you like that, sir? Yes. Great! Great, sir, yes? How does 941 sound for you, sir? Okay then, sir. We'll see you then, yes? But just remember, sir, we're the good Beatles. We want to help you, sir. Take a business card, sir. Why not take two? There's an offer on. Oh, we're such jokers. Jokers in trousers. Well, we're not wearing shorts. It's not really the weather for it. <laughs> the whole cartoon, uh, it's not like the whole cartoon came from that, because I just wrote, I remember I found a, a note in one of my books, and it just said, kid trapped in underground. And that was the idea, kid trapped underground. Um, he's not necessarily underground in the cartoon, because there isn't outdoors, but he is trapped somewhere. And that was it. Kid trapped was enough to just start it off. So Man. if you were to sum up the series in two words, kid trapped would be the word. And that, that grandma as well. Yeah, I don't know why there's always grandma characters in my um, work. There's a lot of grandmas in my work that are always crazy. My grandma's really nice. She's not crazy at all. Um, <laughs> yes. She never cackles. <laughs> right. And says the quite pornographic things that they, they say, I, I imagine. Yeah, that. no. Do you dream a lot of this stuff? I guess people must ask you that all the time, but do you have nightmares and all that with this kind of horrifying stuff? Yeah, but it's not usually the specific things that are in my work. I think I have, if I can ever t translate a, an actual dream into a piece of work, then that's an achievement, I think, because it's, it's been thought of without consciousness. It's been, it's been thought organically rather than me trying to think it, yeah. if that if that makes any sense. So um, I always try and include any elements from a dream, even if it's just a phrase that I've come up with, like I've woken up. Sometimes I wake up and there's a phrase in my head, like, mm. um, you know. Uh, oh, okay, so the, 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 the sock episode, number two, he yeah. wakes up and he, he says, organs in mains. Yeah, organs in mains. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> organs in mains. What does that mean? What does organs in mains mean? Ah, that's all I took from that dream. There's a dog trapped inside your guitar. I know that. That's not a dream. There is a dog trapped in my guitar. Ah, oh, shit, I'm trapped in your guitar. Like, you can't talk. So that's it. That's that sort of thing. I'll wake up and, you know, there'll be something in my head like the, like the red wolf or something might be in my head. And I'll be like, why is the red wolf in my head? And I have to write it down and then try and think of an idea based on that. That's so funny because organs and mains, I was going to ask you about that. And then I forgot. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I thought, what well, that's my favorite. <laughs> For anyone who hasn't got to that one, you know, on fatpie.com and, and uh, fat-pie, isn't it? And YouTube, you find sock two. And it's my favorite of your cartoons ever. I don't know why, just that one just hit me. Um, can I play in the intro? Can I play a bit of one, some of your stuff or something? Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's just, uh, if it's audio, just play anything. I don't think it's going to get content ID'd. Oh, Where, what's this releasing on? Is this on YouTube? This would be, it will, there is an audio thing that goes on YouTube, but it, I never, I never advertise that. Uh, so it gets like right. 10, 10 views. It gets uh, all its views on like Apple and uh, Spotify like oh, okay yeah. That, yeah that's good i i just find if i'm ever looking for a podcast i usually search it on youtube before i put it into itunes because 
you know, YouTube's always there and iTunes, you need to load it up. Yeah, but that's so. the point because if you, then your viewers, your listeners, the ones you get on iTunes or whatever, they're like, they're, they're really engaged with your stuff. So advertisers pay more money as well. All right. Okay. Yeah. I've never, I don't think about advertising because they don't really work for me. No, I know. Well, that's another point, isn't it? Because uh, there was that video you brought out with your Patreon a couple of years ago going, uh, you know, YouTube and its adverts and all that. So are they just not paying enough? Because I haven't even looked into that on YouTube at all. Are they just not paying creators anything? No, they, they pay a little bit, but there's no way you can rely on it. Like, um, I do get money from certain videos. Uh, there's uh, Occasionally, I'll make a video that just fits nicely into YouTube's guidelines. And YouTube, because of that, makes it higher in the recommendation sort of algorithm, I guess. So I got a video called cream and it's, it seems to tick all the boxes for a uh, YouTube. Mm. It's not explicit. doesn't have swearing in it. It's over 10 minutes long. It's got some sort of message, but it's not hard to work out what it is. Um, it's not very left or right, is it? But it's very, it's still very political. It's, it's sort that, of, is, is it yeah, anti-sensationalism? Yeah, it's more against the media and left and right hates the media. Works for everyone. <laughs> yeah, works for everyone, that one. No one gets angry at that. No one says this is... A... Actually, a lot of people in the early... When I first released it, said, oh, you're a communist because you're attacking Didn't you know, right. capitalism, I guess. But um, <laughs> that's that's it. People left and right seem to um, appreciate that one. So, yeah, it's politically oh. neutral, I guess. And it ticks all the boxes for being uh, YouTube recommendable. Is that a formula you'd want to repeat? Because I know you were saying that if you get the YouTube thing right, you end up having to sort of be quite mundane or whatever. But that cream came out quite brilliantly, if I if I may say so. Well, thanks. Uh, but uh, I have no interest in um, playing the algorithm. I'm, yeah. like, I, like I say, I shut my eyes and uh, something starts playing and uh, that's what I put down. Yeah. It just so happens once or twice in, in my career that's been um, something that's been accessible to a, a wider audience but if it's not then so be it and um, yeah but you've got to eat right i mean artists have to you know pay the bills yeah well that's why salad fingers is good because um you know just uh <laughs> like this merchandise for salad fingers like i got this thing i'm just going to show you it yeah please do it's an audio so you can describe it this thing okay so <laughs> salad fingers, fingers salad, <laughs> it's a salad fingers yeah, plush and um that, yeah. that's uh so that's that's how i put money on the table uh, <laughs> that sort that's of thing <laughs> great halloween present yeah well they've just i've just released them but there was pre-orders so we'd know how many to make and okay. um we're going to release some more but yeah so um i guess that and also patreon patreon's great there is a hardcore fan base who uh very dedicated in supporting yeah i noticed that when i was doing twitch streams they were never never hugely popular but there were certain people who were just there every day interesting um, so it's yeah the, it's it's more about the uh the few dedicated fans rather than the huge audience of 
undedicated fans, which I guess a lot of YouTubers probably have. That's the thing with YouTube. I look at my, like in terms of uh, the podcast, the, the reason I don't share it that much on YouTube is I'd rather people get it on, on Spotify and stuff because, or particularly iTunes or Apple Podcasts, sort of, because they tend to listen to the whole thing through. Whereas uh, YouTube, it was like the average where they were cutting off halfway through. Also, you can't have YouTube going in your pocket if you're walking around, can you? No, exactly. So it's people on a jog. <laughs> people listening to this will be on a jog. They'll be walking. They'll be cycling, you know, uh, driving somewhere, popping it on, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, YouTube, man. It is what it is, isn't it? Well, you know, they can't make money, so they report a lot of losses. And I remember when YouTube first came out, I just thought, how are... How are they offering free web space, mm. unlimited sizes to such a wide audience? How are they going to make any money? Because there are no adverts at the start of YouTube. I would guess there were kind of Google ads down the side or whatever. My internet era was you, you pay for web space and you host things. And then all of a sudden, Google were just like, oh, no, have it all for free. Yeah. It's like, where's the, <laughs> how do you make money from this? And I guess they do, but. Not enough to share with the creators. Oh, man. It's so complex. I guess there was a bubble and it's just sort of... And I think what's worrying is what you said in the video is that stuff is going to... I mean, everybody goes to YouTube now and the creators... I mean, I was speaking to a guy who's a Jehovah's Witness who might come on the podcast and he's livid about it because his stuff being about... He, he was his next Jehovah's Witness and he wants to sort of criticize it and he can't because if he criticizes it, it gets like unmonetized or whatever the word is. Yeah, you got to be... Um quite neutral uh, there, there was an uh, there was a time when you could put anything on youtube and get mon monetization for it and that was like um uh, maybe the golden age of youtube maybe we're past that 2015 2016 but also some people call it the edge tube years mm. where um edgy content was being monetized and there was a lot of like very questionable pranks and yeah. And stuff like that, but uh, that was, you know, entertainment-wise, that's that was YouTube's uh, peak, I think. It got clamped down on since then. Yeah, um, a lot of creators got either censored or kicked off completely. You've had stuff on the BBC. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty good. I used to make stuff for the BBC website. Um, uh, so that was all right. Jerry Jackson. They they, they wouldn't do that now because no. they'd be afraid to be. Um, They've actually taken a bunch of them off the, the YouTube channel, the BBC YouTube channel, because, oh. um, yeah, they don't want anyone digging it up and uh, cancelling BBC, I guess. They maybe think people might not pay the TV license as if they're outraged by a, a clip that's 10 years old on YouTube. Do you find, yeah, where do you find yourself on, on all the, sort of the, on, well, cancel culture must, must, you must be anti-cancel culture. Is there a cancel culture? Um, well, I, d I can't think of, I mean, there are people who have been cancelled, mm. but you don't, I don't think you get cancelled for making a joke. Mm. I think you get cancelled for um, having a consistent sort of outlook that is rejected by certain groups. If you're constantly attacking the, the sort of trans groups or something, then you're probably going to expect to that's going to come back at you. Yeah. Um, but I don't think, see, from where I come from, I make stupid jokes that could be classed as sexist or 
racist or probably not racist, but stereotypical or, you know, those little moments or someone will say, oh, salad fingers, why doesn't he taste the black puppet? That's racist or whatever. But that's it never goes any further than that, really. It's usually just stupid comments <laughs> okay, and people no. trying to get get attention. It's hard. To, it's a hard thing to defend because um, sometimes people are cancelled because they were, like if you remember Kramer from Seinfeld, yeah, like yeah. you saw that clip and it's just yeah. like, well, that's not, it's not a good act, that is it. That's not a good look. He was, he was shouting angry. at a, he, yeah, he was angry. He was shouting at a black guy in the audience, and then he started bringing up slavery stuff. That's not good. Not good look. That yeah, it might also be a difference between like I guess someone who's a comedian can say it. No, we're not him actually, but I mean, Gervais says a lot of stuff that um, J.K. Rowling couldn't say, for example, and no one really minds. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Well, Gervais is, well, I guess he is a children's author, but it's not his, his main yeah. occupation. Um, yeah, Bill Burr can get away with saying a lot of stuff. I'm really glad he does as well because it's often very funny and it, it never seems to come from a place of hatred. It yeah. always seems to come from a place of common sense and look how ridiculous things are. South Park yeah. gets away with it. Yeah. Are you so, Louis C.K. used to, but then he did all that stuff he did. Yeah, he was cancelled for an, uh, sort of not what he said, but what he did. Um, although, you know, I don't, I think it was a bit extreme that yeah. he's just gone. We had, he's back now. I saw his, I saw a recent thing he did on YouTube. Oh, yeah? It was quite funny, actually. It was quite funny and my head was, I was laughing and then my head was going, don't find that funny because he did wanking in front of people. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, but, you know... It, who knows what actually happened there? So I don't want to comment on things that... This is the thing as well. People get into trouble for commenting on something that they don't know everything about. So I don't know what happened that night with yeah. him and those. I don't know why they waited until he was really rich and famous before they said anything about it. Um, mm. <laughs> maximum effect, I guess. I don't know enough about it, to be honest. But uh, we had the bloke on... Do you know Count Dankula, the guy who had a Nazi pug? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did he... He made his dog do a Nazi salute. Yeah, I had him on the on this podcast, um, and he was seem he actually seemed all right to be honest. But you know, my family's Jewish, so if anyone should be offended, it's me. But I just thought he was just having a laugh with his dog, and it was a bit stupid. I don't think he was. Yeah, I, 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 again, I don't know anything about him or his ideology. He might he might just be a nice guy who you know did that, or he might be an actual Nazi. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about that guy. Um, but it, yeah, making a dog, just making a dog do a Nazi salute is just some just a joke, isn't it? It's just a joke. Do you worry about people sort of, yeah, I guess digging up uh, Jerry Jackson stuff? Because that's probably, just from what I can think off the top of my head, the closest thing to something that wouldn't be acceptable nowadays. They, they wouldn't need to do much digging. I made one last yeah. year. <laughs> Did you? I, didn't, I think I saw that. It was, it was about religion as well. It was like really uh, pushing it. But I... A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that, private. What's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched or tweeted. Now imagine all of that data being crawled through, collected and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. 
To keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. Did you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data? The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or get your consent. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and my IP address is masked. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it more difficult for third parties to identify me and harvest my data. And the best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop or smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com slash heretics and get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash heretics. Go to expressvpn.com slash heretics to learn more. Hey, it's Andrew. If you're enjoying Heretics, there's another podcast I want to recommend to you, especially if climate change, global conflicts and an upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and executive director Emma Varvalukas. On What Could Go Right, the hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the answers, but on What Could Go Right, they're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Fareed Zakaria, and economist Alison Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He makes fun of all religions. And also, he's a character. He's, he's so stupid, he's meant to be stupid. This is my best friend, John. Uh, no. That noise means John has to go and pray now. John isn't allowed to show his hair because it turns the ladies on too much and their fanny juice falls out and it makes the road too slippery and it is a hazard for the traffic. At first, it wasn't even like deemed offensive that he called his black friend chocolate man yeah. because that was him just being an idiot. It was him being some stupid, but now like people were responding to the newer one saying, Oh really? That's a really horrible racist stereotype there. But it's like, well, that's the character is hit. It's he thinks that's okay. It's a character. <laughs> he, he, it's not me saying that. I don't think black people look like that. It's through the eyes of a, an idiot. Um, but, uh, yeah, and it, I don't think you have to worry about people who don't get the joke. I, I'm not interested in people who don't get the joke. They can get offended. Um, so I don't think you get cancelled for that. I think people, hmm. I think you get demonetized for that, but I don't think you get cancelled for that.
I think the other thing is that you are you're like an independent creator, right? So you're not necessarily apart from the occasional sort of BBC thing or whatever, you're not really relying on a gatekeeper as such. Well, if I was actually making and this is, has happened to other Patreon creators. If I was making something that was obviously hateful or racist or something, then if people if it did cause an, is enough of a problem, people could go to Patreon and say, stop, stop hosting this guy. And they have okay. done that to, in the past. Um, and I think certain creators left Patreon because of other creators who were, um, you know, uh, deplatformed. I think Jordan Peterson said he, I think he, I don't know if he left Patreon or not, but he was making a lot of money from there. Right. But he, he said he was going to leave Patreon because someone else was removed. I can't remember who it was though. It might That's have been it. Count Dankula. I don't know. Um, <laughs> God, well, I've platformed him. But although his platform's massive, he's got like 300,000 Twitter followers and millions of YouTube and all that. Well, I've I've seen videos by him on YouTube and they weren't anything remotely political like mm. Dankula. It was videos about Gigi Allen and um you know uh, and like Jeffrey Dahmer and stuff like that. I don't know if he did one on Dahmer, but they were just like serial killer sort of stuff. It didn't seem like there's any agenda to it at all. So I didn't yeah. I didn't think it was a political platform, a, a political channel. But it might be, I don't know. I don't really watch any of it apart from to the odd little bit. Yeah. His stuff's pretty pretty crazy, actually, in a different way to yours. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, again, I mean, how would you define what your kind of stuff is? What your if so again, somebody listening, I don't know if they'd have listened this far if they don't know or haven't looked at your stuff. I mean, unless it's on the car, they're in the car and it's hard to turn it off. It's, yeah. it's easier to leave it on than turn yeah. it off. They're sort of dozing in and out of listening to us. Well, I mean, it's um it's just kind of nightmare comedy-ish sort of ambienty sort of stuff um i don't really know how to describe it really because it's it's everything i do so it's just it's me so yeah. from an outsider's perspective it could be seen as horror but i don't know i i see it more as comedy some people think some people ask me if i if i get scared of my own ideas and i'm just like why, why would i why would i be scared of <laughs> yeah so that's not there's no there's no mystery in it for me <laughs> i don't know why why i would be scared of my own ideas yeah. um so it's it's really interesting to think because to, to some people it's actually scary but to me it's obviously not because i know what it is and and, and why i thought of it it's it's so creepy it's so creepy and like you do get desensitized so you're obviously desensitized to your own stuff of course and then i've watched enough of your stuff over the years to also be a little bit desensitized but then i show it every now and then to you know my girlfriend or something i'll be oh come and have a look at this and after sort of 10 seconds just just the music can be enough because there's you really do yeah. capture this sort of almost nostalgic horror from another time it's almost that what is that is that music what was that with that cartoon farm there's this, there's one of them you've got Oh yeah, that's Spoils Britos by Uh, Clara Rockmore uh, playing Tchaikovsky on the theremin. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what uh, I mean. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Amazing, though. Um, 
and so scary. It's really scary. But but again, if people are listening and they think it's it's not, you're right, it's not that scary. It is it is more funny. But why is it funny? I'm sitting there laughing, going, why am I laughing? I don't know. I think it's about the unknown, really. I think it's because you don't know, and because I do know what's going to happen because I've made it. There's no fear in it for me. I can see, I can understand why it's dark. So I, I prefer to use the term dark because that's, there's no expectation there. It's, you can't deny that it's dark. Every, every day, multiple comments pop up on multiple YouTube videos of mine that say, that, that, along the lines of, I don't understand why is this supposed to be scary? Who finds this scary, etc." So there seems to be a, a constant debate in the, comments about whether or not it's scary right. but it never it never aims to scare you primarily because then if it doesn't scare you then it's a failure and that's what i think is the problem with most horror films these days they set out to scare you and nothing else and if they don't scare you then you've got nothing at the end of it i think um yeah I think good horror needs a bit of humor needs good characters but I think I think the problem with a lot of horror films as well it relies so much on that sort of shock horror, the stuff jumping out at you, the jump yeah. scares. Whereas yours is is totally it's just the it's pure like creepy darkness, I guess. Yeah, there's no jump scares. Um, I try and avoid them because I think they're cheap. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think about horror films that I like because I don't really watch that many. But I don't, mm. you know, I don't watch The Shining and, and sit there in fear. Yeah. Um, I just enjoy the sort of the mood, mm. like the same with the thing or alien or something. The Shining um, doesn't have too many jump scares either, though, does it? No, it's actually to be fair, the a- alien's quite scary, uh, I think. But um, thing out of his chest. Yeah, I think it's the it's the suspense in that because it's you know when when they like, he sort of sees it on that sort of monitor, you know, it's, you can yeah. see where the alien's going. But um, also the idea of being trapped on, an, on a spaceship with that creature and it could be anywhere that's scary but yeah. the shining's similar isn't it but it's a much bigger hotel and jack nicholson isn't that scary because he, he he can't even manage to you know he just walks slowly towards shelly duval and just says creepy stuff i don't think he's that scary um but yeah no. i think horror needs something more than scares because not everyone's going to respond. Not everyone has the same experience. And, you, you know, mm. your your fears come from your own experience. So there's nothing that could be universally scary. Did you grow up watching a lot of those films? Because you were talking just now about uh, being trapped on a plane, a, a spaceship with an alien. And I was just thinking, what well, you know, being that's similar to what you said about being trapped underground with Beatles, you know. Did you did you grow up getting influenced a lot by that stuff? Yeah. I, my dad used to tape a lot of... I used to get my dad to tape films like after I'd gone to bed uh, and I would wake up the next morning there'd be like a tape and it'd be have Alien on it I remember Alien was one of them um, that I watched when I was a kid that I really liked Um, I also remember before I even knew what it was I I, I saw a tape uh, on my dad that my dad had taped a a razor head um, by David oh, Lynch. Yeah. I just saw it. I just saw a razor head and I thought that sounds like a fun, cool horror film. So I watched it and remember just thinking, what? I've no idea what's going on, but I must have been like eight or nine years old or something. I don't remember even liking it. I just remember watching it. And it, I think it just showed me at an early age what a film could be, but also found it really funny as well. Cause 
there's a bit where he's cutting a chicken it's a tiny little chicken and it starts like going like that and 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 my parents used to reference it at the dinner table like when they're cutting the chicken Jesus. Um, well, when you when you were cutting the chicken when you were nine. Well, uh, because in the in a razor head, the guy goes, "You just cut up, just cut it up like a regular chicken. Just cut it up like a regular chicken." And I remember that line being used very often when cutting a chicken. Oh my god! It is. I mean, I suppose <laughs> that's actually even better than dark. I guess Lynchian would be the best way to describe your work. Do you think? Maybe, but at the same time. Yeah, I was more influenced by that than horror. Um, but I'm, I think it's more about what happens when you add the music. Because, mm. you know, a scene is just a scene playing out. You know, you, you write a scene, you play it out, but then you add music and it changes the dynamic. And it can be, if it's really scary, you could add nice music to it. Or if it's really nice, you could add scary music to it and see what happens. That's, I think that's, that's, I loved, I think I, I said to you already, the trailer for your new sock film, the, the music's beautiful. I even looked, I found it on Spotify as well. Who was that? Who was that? Oh, yeah, White, Weikert, Adam Weikert. I think that's how you say his name. Mm. He sent me that in 2010. Wow. He sent me the, like an early version of it. He only released it a few years ago, but he sent me it in 2010 when I was making, uh, I was, I'd announced that I was making a film called The Meadow Man. Yeah. And so, um, he sent me the music and he said it was inspired by the music from Spoilsbury Toast Boy. So he'd, he'd seen, you know, the, the Clara Rockmore, Tchaikovsky, you know, it's a similar piano anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, he, I guess he made that and he thought uh, it sounds like it would fit in one of my cartoons. And then he sent me it and that was years ago. And I, I always wanted to use it and I never got around to finishing the Meadow Man. So I, um, I decided to use it for this new one. It's so perfect because it's just this beautiful music. Um, and just, again, I, I know you're saying that you don't get affected by it because it's your own stuff, but just the most horrific things are happening on the, <laughs> on, on the screen. <laughs> I'll bite your fucking spleen. So is it a one or a two today? To them, it's a two with a side of one. <laughs> you shouldn't be looking at stuff like that. Yeah, that's an interesting one, Ed. So the guy kind of sort of has a woman tied up and he's sort of hitting her. That is, that. yeah, that's just like the most, the worst imagery I could think of, really. Um well, it's not the worst. I mean, you can always get worse, but that's an example of something that would just pop into my dream. Like, I would just see it. I wouldn't be part of it. I'd just see it, and I'd be like, uh. When's it coming out? Soon. Um, I'm just actually making some music for it. Um, I'd, I'd made most of the music for it. I just have a, a few little spaces where there's more music. But also, um, I'm bringing out some sock socks, and I'm just, uh, you know, as a sort of novelty merch item. And I want it to tie in with when, when I can get those made. So Ooh, I, think, I think we're waiting about a week, two weeks on them. So, Do you think about things like, you know, Halloween as a bit of a release date? That's what I'm aiming for. But although I find it a bit of a weird novelty, probably want to get it out before the US election um, because, you know, people are suddenly going to... Actually, 
I think people are going to be interested in that up until the election. And then like a few days after, they're just going to be like, oh, okay, back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> but is, um, it, is it political at all, this one? Because you have... No. Okay. Because you've mentioned not just cream. There was, there was a couple other ones recently that were a little bit more political. Uh, the, the news ones. Yes. Yeah. The news ones. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were a little bit, but um, still they didn't really hit on any actual topics that would be talking points for the average um, person that it, it was nonsense really um, but it was more about the media and contradiction in the media uh, so I would have the news readers just just contradicting each other all the time and then then, then themselves then the commenters contradicting themselves yeah. and the news readers and then yeah it's just kind of a bit of fun uh, I think that's great though because I I I get put off personally and it's just a personal thing, but I do get put off by comedy that's either one way left or right. It, it just, as soon as that comes out, I just think, Oh, come on. Nothing's, I can't be bothered anymore. Whereas when it's attacking just a general thing, which I mean, that's just news sensationalism reactions, the way we react to stuff. I quite like that. Yeah. And obviously there are like, there is attacks on, there is satires of the characters from both sides as well. There's like, in one of the news ones, there's a girl who's going on about how we must do something to help all these people, but whilst doing nothing and having yeah. no idea what she's talking about. And then a load of people looking at the phone saying, yeah, we should we should do something, but while doing nothing. So that yeah. kind of represents that kind of armchair activist side of things. And then on the other yeah. side, you've got conspiracy theorists who have decided that dogs don't exist because the government's lying to you and... Um, so you know it's it generally takes care of most of most sides and there's a bit of alex jones in there some would say it would be ridiculous to even attempt to parody alex jones but for some reason i did <laughs> i think um, it, it worked all right i yeah they were just they just felt very focused those they felt not the other stuff doesn't but it felt really focused and cream felt very focused and you did something with david mitchell as well did you meet him no, um, that was when I was doing the BBC stuff and they, you know, they, they were just kind of throwing a bunch of different offers at me at the time, just sort of like saying, oh, you could do, do you want to do this? Or do you want to, what else did I do? I did a, oh yeah, they, they asked for a, so I did a music satire one. And then around that time they were just like, oh, would you, do you want to animate something for the red button for the Mitchell and Webb show? Um, I don't think, um, I don't know if they even still have the red button. But uh, I've, I've never used it. It's Sky Digital, isn't it? You press the red button and you get some more content or whatever. But yeah, so that was just a bunch of um, animators were hired to animate some audio sketches for Mitchell and Webb. I think they wanted to promote the uh, the TV series of their sketch comedy, but also they had loads of audio and being audio comedy, it, most people just never listen to it. It's like it's like the audio version of Flight of the Concords. I think you know. Yeah, I really liked it, but uh, most people don't bother with audio comedy. I think. Yeah, <laughs> something I've noticed. So uh, they just wanted some pictures for it. Yeah. So no, I've never met them. It's like you were saying. I think it's like where'd you get it? Where'd you get the audio? I mean, you can get it on YouTube. But people say to me because this is like I say, it's an audio. Mostly because I don't have the time to edit the whole video. I'd have to be zooming in and zooming out with all the cuts, uh, which is just I just don't have the time. But um, people often message saying, oh, can you, don't you have the video on YouTube and all that? I can't just listen to voices. It makes me feel sick. Oh, 
<laughs> that is surprising. What, yeah. What's wrong with them? That must be. That sounds like a condition. I've had it a few times, and people are actually quite, um, you know, almost apologetic, and they're saying like, "Look, it's not you or anything. It's just if I hear just audio, I, f- I feel sick. I feel sick listening to your shit." Wow, shit. Maybe they're. Um, they're I don't know. Maybe that sounds like a medical condition. If you mm. like, that must be ha- that must be horrible. Yeah, tell me about it. But you know. <laughs> yeah, I, since my my dad's since apologised, so yeah, it's not him. Yeah, just but, imagine uh, like feeling sick every time you heard some audio without a vi- visual to, to match it. Yeah, you, just... you do get drawn. I think when you get so used to it, like if you pop Joe Rogan on, you're just used to seeing his big heads and everyone's big heads there and stuff. So if you sort of suddenly took that away and you're just hearing the audio and you're on your YouTube and everything sat at home, I think you you do get a bit like oh, oh I've, I've, you know. Yeah, you know, I really like audio stand-up comedy. Like, mm. I I used to really like uh, listening to that, um, like uh, Doug Stanhope and Mitch Hedberg and stuff like that. That's For some reason, occasionally there would be a time, a moment in it, the show where it would go silent and there'd be a laugh, and I'd be like, what are they doing right now? Oh, yeah. They're doing something. But uh, also a guy called Daniel Kitson, who um, generally is very difficult. There's no video, really, of him aside from a few five-minute clips. But I don't think he lets anyone record his shows, but occasionally he brings them out on Bandcamp as audio, usually about 10 years after they've actually been recorded. And Mm. um, so I'm really into audio comedy. Yeah, Derek and Clive. Yep, love it, yeah. That was an influence for us before we did our improv. Like it was... It was basically that's sort of what taught us to improvise. I think it was just like, ah, oh, let's just do it how they do it. Do you have a, a dark personality? No, I don't think so. No. What do you? What are you like just around your mates and that? Well, I mean, the jokes are always pretty dark. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, a lot of my friends. There was there would be times when it would just. I think it's. It's not just dark. It's not dark to be edgy. It's dark to, just to see how how far you can push it. Really. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's a, not a dark person. I've never been gothy or anything. I'm not like depressive or, uh, you know, people don't fear me. I'm not like someone who, who's, who's going to be, who's going to like flip out or anything and start. Yeah. For some reason, I imagine you in like a, a cabin like Roald Dahl had when you do, when you're writing your work. Where, where do you work? Here, you know, with Will Smith, <laughs> you know, in the hospital, just by his side. Right. looking after him just in the, my house really you know it's not yeah. a cabin although i would like a a house with more personality i'm just renting one here it's just a, a house in leeds but yeah. um you know they i do have like that sort of dream of living in one of those big old sort of um you know dusty old houses and it's got like an old <laughs> grandfather clock in it and you know it's a bit drafty and echoey and there's hidden rooms and stuff that's the dream yeah, it's starting to feel like your cartoons again. It's so funny hearing mm. you because every now and then your voice goes almost sounds like because obviously I mean you do, do you do all the voiceovers? Is it all is it all you? Yeah, I try and mix it up a little bit sometimes because it's sometimes too much of my voice and it's I don't like to I don't like to strain it too much. I don't like mm. to I feel like if you do anything that's not too natural, then it's hard to deliver lines uh, yeah. convincingly if you're doing like a really exaggerated voice. So. If I've got like a female voice, I would try. I'd rather get a female actor to do that. And I don't think just speeding my voice up and doing kind of a a less manly voice does the job. 
very often. And also generally sounds like salad fingers when I do that. Also, I don't think uh, it's possible for someone who's young or my age to, to actually do a voice of a like a, an 80-year-old man. I just don't think anyone can even fake that degraded sound. Um, and I quite look forward to um, getting that. If there's one good thing about being old, it's you get that crumbly old voice that sounds yeah. kind of rich. Can't wait. Yeah, I want to sound like Stephen Fry when I'm older. That sort of, you know, rich kind of thick. Mm. Can you do an impression? No, because like I said, I... Oh, yeah, yeah, but you, but you could do it. Must have a best better there, a best go. Because I think um, I can do that. So David Attenborough always... Um, look at how... No, sort of Voldemort. Yeah, because he's got, I mean... Yes, mm. he, he's got that sort of voice. Yes. I, yeah. yeah, I can't really... Um, I'm not very good at impressions, but yeah. So, so David Attenborough has that extremely. <gasps> so it's like that, but mm. there's there's a subtlety in between getting to there yeah, and just okay. being sort of crumbly and old, and it sounds really rich and booming. Yeah, um, Stephen Fry sounds rich and booming. Yeah, I, 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 that, he's my sort of like. If I ever wanted a celebrity to be in my um, work, it would be Stephen Fry. I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, it'd be cool as if we showed him this and he re- retweeted it and that. Yeah. He's cool, isn't he? I saw him once at um, Luton Airport and he was just, um, he was walking faster than I've ever seen anyone walk because he obviously didn't want to have to talk to anyone. He just walked through the airport terminal and like, people were going, oh, Stephen, and he was just walking really fast and he got, <laughs> got out. I'd wear, uh, you know, sunglasses if I was recognisably famous. I think. He's, he's, yeah, I don't think sunglasses are going to help Stephen Fry because he's got a particularly <laughs> recognisable figure. He's very tall and, and robust. What if he had a like cap on backwards? The thing is, then you look even more conspicuous, don't you? You look even more yeah. like, oh, who's the bloke with the sunglasses and the cap on? And oh, doesn't he think he's wonderful with his hat and sunglasses? When I'm in the airport, I'm generally not looking at people, I think. I think I'm just sort of, yeah. I don't think, I, I think I've probably walked past so many famous people in my life and I just don't recognise people because I don't, yeah. you know, I just kind of... <laughs> I don't look at every person that I walk past. I couldn't avoid Stephen Fry because I was waiting for my, um, I think it was my mum or someone. I was waiting for someone to, and the doors were opening at the terminal, you know, when you come through with the arrivals and he walked through. And it's such a weird thing because there's a split second where you think you know him and you think you must be there waiting to pick him up. So I was like, oh, Steve, I don't, no, I don't know you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what's what's the stupidest thing that, apart from stuff I've asked, what's the stupidest thing that people have asked? Oh, God, I could... I used to save them. I used to save the screenshots of people's stupid questions. Um, oh, man, you put me on the spot there. I've got to try and yeah. think of a good one. I thought um, before talking to you, I thought I'm going to ask you at the beginning what's the stupidest stuff so I can avoid it. <laughs> and then, you know, if you would have asked me last week, I would have, I would have gone through some of the, some of the files. Who um, were you talking to? Let's bitch about people. Um, bitch about people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I generally, yeah, I don't like to, I don't, I don't like to bitch about famous people or anyone that's screwed me over in the past, but there's certain people I've pissed me off. There's a lot of egos. I don't really like egos. I, I assume that being famous, like proper famous to get there, you would probably need an ego in the first place, unless you just kind of look sort of happen to find your way into it just through doing what you love. But there's a lot of, I assume, 
to get to that level of fame that you know famous famous people have i feel like there probably is some huge ego required mm. What someone told me recently about that, actually on this on the podcast, I had a historian on called uh, Te- Dr. Tessa Dunlop, and she's a TV historian. But she was saying that um, it's the ones who have been famous for a very long time, since they were kids often or, or grew up famous or whatever, are just the worst. Uh, and I know there's also the ones who got there young and were very ambitious, but she said a lot of them who are a bit older, uh, who suddenly sort of have it happen to them almost, uh, they they sort of feel like they've got this like magic powder that has happened. They want to share the powder with everyone else. They want to like bring everyone. They're they're very kind and generous. She she says. Yeah, sometimes things that I see famous people say just makes me think how you you must have been you've been famous for so long that you've just got this idea in your head that you're a super being or something. I think one example I think of is um, Pete Townsend. Yeah. from the who yeah. um, everything i read about him i yeah. just think god what a twat he was digging <laughs> like, out led zeppelin the other day yeah that was it he was, he was going on about how led zeppelin stole heavy guitars and heavy drums and heavy from from him from his live album <laughs> they said that he's they, they stole it from his album live in leeds yeah and that's what the album's called in 1970 led zeppelin who's who had two albums before then, which they had their sound on. It's just, and, and he constantly goes on about how, I don't know, it just sounded, when I was reading it, it just sounded like um, it's pure uh, narcissist speaking. Um, yeah. The way, just the way it was all worded, it's like, oh, and then he would say, oh, they're great guys, but I just really don't like the music. And it's just, that's just says so much. It's There are certain, there's a certain type of uh, person because they're all quite a little bit similar in some ways. If you think of him and then, the bloke who wrote F-E-A-R, I can't remember his state, what's his name? Who wrote, was it Ian Brown? Ian Brown. Oh, Ian Brown. Yeah, isn't he been kicking Stone off? Stone Roses. Yeah, I think he's been going mental at everyone recently. Yeah, he's another one of those ones who's decided that um, wearing a mask is... So he's kicking off about that, and then you've got, you know, Morrissey. Oh yeah, Morrissey's one. He's yeah. just, uh, I think Morrissey's a different case though. I think he's just always been, I think yeah. he just gets off on being antisocial. Um, yeah i can see the attraction in that yeah i think he's just from a young age he's obviously been an outcast and he's just he he finds that he needs new ways to um Hmm. annoy people but he's i think he's managed to find a um far right party that also cares for animals it's always been it's like you don't (laughs) often get the two sort of like meeting and that's why he's going full support for that um because i looked it up after he supported that you know that because i think he was saying something like uh you kip aren't right enough for me so he found this (laughs) he found this group that were further right and and then i looked on their website and it was just like we're hard right but also care for animals "Ah, there it is (laughs) it's not often you don't often get the two going together hitler Um, hitler was a vegetarian wasn't he apparently but then again i can't imagine there would have been many options in germany in the like there's a lot of sausages and stuff i mean i imagine he ate sausages i don't think they were like corn sausages <laughs> if he ate sausages they would have just been sausages yeah, yeah. but it's it's a big if if he ate and i don't want you to get sued by the estate of adolf hitler for suggesting he wasn't a vegetarian i just i don't think he was to be honest um, Ooh, well disclaimer we you know in case any of hitler's family i don't know what i'm talking about uh last question what's what's the future man what's going on what's happening um i don't know i don't think that far ahead 
uh, more cartoons. Um, yes. Well, actually, I made a bunch, like half-finished ones, and then I, I decided that the sock needed to be the leader of this little group of cartoons. Okay. So I put all the effort into sock, but I had started a few others, and I've got loads written, and I put some music out, and... <laughs> Loads of loads of different stuff. Maybe do some art. I don't know. Um, I, I was streaming. I streamed pretty much the entire process of making Sock Six, um, and, but I've stopped my streams since I did the last bit of animation for it. But I'll probably start them again. Hmm. And you know, when I get a new project going after a break. Yeah. So um, yeah, definitely more cartoons. Don't don't have any. I'm trying to avoid any offers now because from. You know, if someone says, do a music video, do work on my film, whatever. Um, always fun, always enjoyable. But in the end, I prefer to put my own work out that's, you know, I've got funding from my Patreon people. So it's not like I need money from a company to make something. Yeah. What's the better feeling, making something or putting it out there? Do you feel miserable when you put it out there? I sometimes no. feel miserable when I put something out there. No, no, I like it when it's out. Um uh, I, I also, I don't worry that people aren't going to like it. Um, uh, if it's salad fingers, there is a bigger, you know, there's more pressure because it's got uh, predecessors to sort of worry about it being compared to. But um, when it's a new cartoon and it's a new thing, like Sock is a sequel, but it's not really a sequel because none of the characters are the same. Yeah, it's um, a vibe. So, yeah, it definitely is. Um, and uh, I know that I like it. And I know it's reaching a, uh, a sort of mood that I've been searching for for a long time. And I also look forward to people not liking it because I feel like if everyone likes it straight away, then it's predictable. If if it's, if it's new and different, then... A, a, a lot of people shouldn't like it. They should reject it immediately and then maybe grow to like it later. So um, also if I get a lot of negative comments on my video, I know it's on my videos, I know it's reached a new audience. So that's, so I, yeah, I look forward to um, it not being accepted by everyone. Ooh, that was a creepy Halloween special, wasn't it? Oh, I'm feeling all horror-y. Do you know what I mean? I've got this real urge now to go on his website and just look at all this weird, horrible, creepy stuff, because that's what it's about, Halloween. Hope you enjoyed that. Wasn't that great? Uh, speaking to the one and only David Firth. Uh, please do check if, by the time you hear this, Sock 6 has come out. Uh, let David know what you think of it on his Twitter See his back catalogue on fat-pi.com. That dash is the punctuation mark, not spelling out D-A-S-H. Probably made things more confusing now. It's just fat with a a hyphen and then pi.com. Pi as in the thing you eat, not the other David Lynch film. Wasn't there one called Pi? 
might not be David Lynch, I'll check that later. Get hold of some of his new socks and other cool stuff related to Salad Fingers and his other characters, again on his Twitter or fatpie.com. I did check out the scene he was talking about with the chicken from Eraserhead. Uh, you can find that on YouTube. And my word, is it disturbing. Uh, you'll never eat a chicken the same way. I mean, I'm a vegetarian. I don't shout about it. Don't need to shout about it, do I? But, you know, if I did eat chicken, I wouldn't after watching that. But then I'm somebody who was put off from eating chickens anyway. Not judging you. You eat what you want. I don't care. But not hard to see how director David Lynch may have influenced animator David Firth. The music playing now is called Aspies, and it's part of David's ambient music. You can find some of his really cool stuff on Spotify under Locust Toybox, Toybox One Word. I hope you guys enjoyed that extra episode. It was a real delight to talk to David, who has long been a hero of mine, and of many of my friends as well. It has, however, been a lot of work this week to get two done alongside all my normal paid work. I don't have a Patreon thing, and I don't want to advertise in this podcast just yet, because... It's just purer without it, isn't it? Isn't it nice? Although you might be listening to this well in the future when I've got some digitalized advertising in it and you're going, what are you talking about? I've just listened to some advert about diapers or something, you know? I think I heard Joe Rogan doing one about diapers or or weird, like, pants or something. I don't know. It was odd. Uh, What you can do if you'd like me to keep making these is please leave a review on Apple or, you know, you might not have an Apple thing so then you can't do that much, but tweet post stuff make some noise about it get friends to listen Uh, all that kind of stuff is an amazing motivation that helps me keep going into the early hours while editing all of these things follow me on andrewgold underscore okay on twitter or instagram and check out all the blogs and videos on my new website andrewgoldpodcast.com quite a simple one to remember isn't it although not that simple because it's not the same as on the edge with andrew gold podcast that was just too long of a name so and you know it's ridiculous so i've gone with andrew gold podcast hopefully it won't mess up the uh, search engine optimization too much but uh you got it andrewgoldpodcast.com get on it have a look around leave some comments on the blog we get all the videos done whatever by the way the music from the trailer for sock six that i played halfway through the podcast uh, the little nice piano melody was a constant repose by adam weikert find him at weiki.com w-e-i-k-i-e dot com it's a gorgeous track it really is and the weird theremin music from Spoilsby Toast Boy the one that I started the whole that one that is the late Clara Rockmore performing Tchaikovsky's Valse Sentimental or in French because that's what it is a Valse Sentimental donc c'est ça Et voilà, on peut se parler, on va se voir bah, la, la semaine prochaine. C'est ça. See you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.